she cheering year after year? Who's got the ballpark? The best is all right here. Who's got the fans with so much Cleveland pride? Who's talking baseball? Talking tribe. We're talking baseball. Warning. This show is intended for a mature audience only and may contain harsh language, trans fats, live nudes, and derogatory comments about your mother. Those who are easily offended or have no sense of humor are encouraged to turn off the show now. Parental discretion is advised. My enemies are many. My equals are none. They fear me like a force of nature, a dealer in thunder and death. I say, I am Emperor. You're listening to the Emperor and the Emperor's Court. It's a celebration of mediocrity. See, your father has come for me change. Back where it comes from. It's such a crude attitude. It's back where it belongs. All the little kids growing up on the skids. You're going Cleveland Rocks, Cleveland Rocks. German Jean Jean is moving James Dean. From the shores of Lake Erie to the banks of the Cuyahoga, live from the war room here in the city of champions, Cleveland, Ohio, USA, this is the Emperor's Court here on theoffgeekradio.com. I am your host, the Emperor, joined in studio by no one this evening, as this is a recorded show for October the 30th, 2016. Shocking, yes, another recorded show. Ladies and gentlemen, we will return to our live broadcast starting Sunday, November the 6th. And there's a couple of reasons for this. Primarily, as you heard in the intro, the Cleveland Indians, my beloved baseball team, beloved and often cursed baseball team, is now on the verge of its first World Series win since 1948. Let that sink in. A lot of our parents weren't even born yet when the Indians were last winners of the World Series. Standing in the way, of course, for the Chicago Cubs, who have an even worse curse that they have to break, the curse of the Billy Goat, as they have not won it since 1908 and have not been to the World Series prior to this and since 1945. Yeah, my heart bleeds for Chicago, who in my lifetime alone has had five NBA championships, 
what, two or three Stanley Cups and at least two Super Bowl wins. So Chicago's not hurting for uh, any kind of championships, that's for sure. That said... Somebody's calling me on a Sunday. Bad idea. I'm in the middle of recording. That said, Cleveland, of course, suffering from its own championship drought of 133 days since the Cleveland Cavaliers finally broke Cleveland's uh, long 50-some-year drought of no championship wins. But the Cleveland Indians right now have the second-worst uh, uh, track record in baseball. It's 68 years since last they won it all. Right now, the Cleveland Indians are up three games to one, which is astounding considering the amount of adversity that they have faced so far in this series. Well, hell, all season, with the injuries to key players, uh, our starting uh, our MVP caliber starting center fielder, gone for the year. Our One of the best hitting catchers, our starting catcher, gone for the year. Now, he was able to make it back in time for a couple of the postseason series, including the World Series. But he basically hasn't played much in the last four months. Our number two starting pitcher, a Cy Young caliber pitcher, gone for the postseason. Broke his hand a week before the start of the uh, playoffs. Our other Cy Young caliber pitcher, Danny Salazar, our number three starter. Arm strain, arm bruise, three weeks before the start of the postseason. He is on the roster as he made a quick run through his recovery, but he's not been much used. Only a couple innings because, obviously, he hasn't pitched in two months. And there's some real question about the actual strength and integrity of his arm. So on top of all that, then our number four starting pitcher in the middle of the division series, which was two weeks ago, cut up his pinky finger fucking around with his drone doing routine maintenance. Now, Trevor Bauer, the pitcher in question, is kind of a head case. Uh, He's a little bit of an odd duck and kind of does his own thing. He's really into drones and really into electronics. Uh, it's the point where Major League Baseball had to make a rule just for him to prevent him flying his drone during pregame warm-ups earlier in the season. Yes, exactly. Well, he goes tonight, ladies and gentlemen, which is why this is a recorded show, because the Cleveland Indians are up three games to one in a series that no one has given them a shot in hell of winning. The conventional wisdom was that they were going to be swept by the much, much better Cubs, on paper, as the Cubs are the winningest team in baseball this season. The most wins, they are as young as the Indians. They have several Cy Young caliber type pitchers. They have, you know, four or five all-stars in their lineup, a hard-hitting team. Their payroll is almost three times that of the Cleveland Indians, which is one of the lowest in baseball. So by and large, everybody, including our own beat reporter and sports writers in Cleveland, did not think the Cleveland Indians would make it into the postseason, let alone to the World Series, and have a commanding three games to one lead. So here's what's going to happen. Tonight, the Cleveland Indians at 8 o'clock Eastern will face off with the Cubs in Wrigley Field in Chicago. The last three games have been in Chicago. If the Indians win tonight, it's all over. And we raise a banner here in Cleveland for the first time in 68 years. Yours truly will be at whatever parade they have. Because unlike the Cavaliers, people have lived and died with the Indians for the past 120 seasons. We all remember the 90s and the awesome Indian teams we had then that just weren't able to close it out in the World Series. We will be there for that parade. Now, I don't think we'll get a, hundred, what, a million and a half people because this isn't the middle of July and the weather's not going to be fantastic. It's November in Cleveland. It's cold, it's rainy, and it sucks, just like it is right now. 
But to give you an idea, the Cleveland Indians have a watch party, meaning that you could go to the stadium, even though the Indians are not in town, and on the giant jumbotron, you can sit anywhere in the stadium except for the bleachers because it's right underneath the the jumbotron. You couldn't see it. And watch the game live. Friday, Saturday, and today, all three are sold out to the tune of 30,000 tickets. Let that sink in. 30,000 people have paid money to go to a stadium outdoors in Cleveland on October 30th when it's raining and it's cold to watch television. There's no other team, no other sports town in this country that would do the same. Three nights in a row. But it's sold out. It'll be there. Oddly enough, there are more people that'll be at the Indians game tonight than are at the Browns game in a stadium twice as large at this moment. (coughs) That says something. There's more to it. I'm going to go into more depth for the uh, second sports section for the patrons. My apologies for not getting that up, but uh, as has been alluded to the last week and a half, I am recovering from a very bad bout of pneumonia. Now, it's a bout of pneumonia that should never have happened to begin with, and I'll get to that story in a second. Having said that, I would be remiss if I did not give this woman her due, and she will have it. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this past week, our show contributor and IRC rep, Kalilu, uh, notified me that she was going to step down again. Uh, time constraints being what they are as we head into the holidays. Uh, she said that it was going to be very difficult uh, to find the time to keep doing this, to find the articles all the time, uh, to do the IRC rep because she's got family coming you know, coming in for holidays. She's got obviously holidays coming in. Uh, let's see. Uh, I... I uh, with holidays, another out-of-town trip coming up. I will not have time to research and send you articles. Tomorrow will be my last round of articles that I'm available to send you. So, our appreciation for Kalilu for what she's done for the show over the years. And she's had to step back and resign from time to time for the, pretty much the same reasons, usually about the same time of year, too. But she has been fantastic and a phenomenal contributor to the show and to its success, and we greatly appreciate everything she has done for us. Obviously, she's still in great standing with us. We expect to see her on Sundays as her schedule permits to enjoy the show as she can, supposing we ever actually get back to doing live shows. So, Kalilu, again, thank you for everything. We appreciate it. Uh, In the interim, I have not really thought about trying to fill that vacancy. Uh, To be honest, I, I haven't had much of time to dedicate to the show at all or do anything else for that matter as I'm trying to (coughs) kick this damn thing so again I wanted to make sure that uh, we got this at the top of the show and uh, for all her hard work and dedication to everything we've done I felt that she deserved a fond farewell and a good send off so everybody if you see Clelo around she'll search her still on Twitter and Facebook and everything else say a thank you for what she did for Empress Court and We'll see her around. Now our top story. <laughs> Emperor's dying. There's a shock. Said no one ever. <laughs> uh, <coughs> about a week and a half ago, um, I actually was a, a week from this past Wednesday. I was uh, 
trying to take a nap after work because I usually I work uh, I usually have something going on Wednesday nights. I usually work in the office for that for whatever reason that day I was home. Oh, I know why because the Indians started the World Series that Wednesday, and I was not going to be downtown for that. <sighs> and my apologies as the day goes on because I may need to take deep, large breaths, which you're not supposed to do in radio, and only because I don't have the literally I don't have the wind. To talk, you know, for long periods of time without that. So, so I felt a twinge in my chest, which is always a giant warning bell to me, because that means, oh, I'm getting bronchitis or pneumonia or something. So I immediately call the doctor up, make an appointment. I go in Thursday morning. Now at this point, and it's Lulu and Mystic Mim can can vouch for this if anybody has any doubt. From the time I notice it, within 24 hours, I'm usually in a full-blown something. Bronchitis usually, pneumonia occasionally. So I know enough to go see a doctor right away. Well, my doctor at the practice I go to has a two-week waiting period. Uh, Our previous doctor, unfortunately, moved to uh, Florida under some very sad circumstances and had to abandon his practice here. Uh, The doctor we kind of gravitated towards actually absorbed most of the patient load from the previous and there are four or five doctors at this practice. All of them are very good. Except this new one, who I've never heard of. He just got brought into the practice. A younger guy, about my age. And they said, well, he's the only one right now who's available if you want to go in and see him. Again, it's a Thursday. They're not there on Saturdays and Sundays. If I don't go in now, get myself on medication, this is going to really suck in a couple of days. So I go. At this point, I'm running a fever been, you know, I, I feel like shit the whole nine, right? All right. So I go in, see this guy, get right in, walks in, does no x-ray, doesn't listen to my chest, doesn't do anything, says, yeah, well, you don't look too bad. You know, your fever is just kind of mild. You know, this is probably just some kind of, uh, just kind of a, a, an irritation in your lungs. So we're going to give you some steroids, some prednisone, that'll be it, and it'll be right as rain. Yeah, so I said, no, I don't think that's it. I've been through this enough. I think this is going to be worse. So he begrudgingly gives me an antibiotic that I don't normally take because it doesn't work. In fact, I don't know of anybody who it works for. He's like, yeah, go ahead and take this and then you'll be fine. So (coughs) go home, do this, drink a lot of fluids, get some rest, you'll be fine. No big deal. Fine. Get home. Four hours later, thus begins my trial of hell. As I begin vomiting nonstop for the next mm, 60 hours, I cannot keep anything down. Not medicine, not food, not water, not anything. I dehydrate the shit out of me. By Saturday morning, about 10 o'clock, Mystic Man looks at me and says, You are going to the hospital. Don't fucking argue. Because she wanted to take me in Friday night, and I said no. I mean, who wants to do that, right? Lord knows I go enough as it is. I'm there like once a year, minimum, for one thing or another. God damn. Nope, we're going to go. So we bundle up, drive off. Now, keep in mind, I've now run a fever nonstop for the better part of three days. Plus a blasting headache that is worse, as bad as any migraine you have. Except it's constant, it doesn't go away, and it's there for days on end. So I'm pretty much exhausted at this point. 
even when I do sleep, it's a crummy sleep because I'm running a fever and everything else. So I go in. Then they look at me and say, well, you look pretty awful. Thanks. Yeah. Because people come to the hospital when they feel great, right? They get me in, and wouldn't you know it, they can't get an IV running. They poke me three times in my right arm. In fact, I'll, if anybody actually gives a shit, I'll post pictures of the damage in my right arm. The left arm is pretty bad, too, but not as bad as this. And this is after, what, a week? A little over a week now of repair? Huge blood bruises on my arm. So they can't get an IV going because my veins are flat. When I say I'm dehydrated, folks, I am the very definition of Webster's dehydrated. It's bad. They finally get an IV going in my left arm after they've now attempted four different times on my right and two different times on my left. And they start giving me fluids because clearly I need them. And they give me the CAT scan and they do what <coughs> my doctor should have done. And that's giving me a chest x-ray. And lo and behold, we find out, hey, you've got pneumonia. Great. Because I'm pretty sure I didn't have it when this whole thing started, but I do now. So I'm in there. They gave, they tried taking blood from me, which is what caused this massive blood bruise in my right arm. Because they finally did get into a vein. Now keep in mind, I've only had the fluids going on this stupid IV drip for maybe 20 minutes. So obviously not near enough to rehydrate me. And, I mean, it hurts like bloody hell because they are digging with this needle trying to get it into a vein. And I finally tell the woman, I say, stop. Come back after I've got a bag of fluid in me and you can actually find a vein that works. Well, the doctor said you need blood culture. You're not digging in my arm any more than you are. And I'm pretty sure I've got the right to say, go to hell. Come back when i got fluids in me. So they agree. Grudgingly, but they agree. So they come back an hour and a half later once I've had a bag of fluid in me. And they go digging again, and this time, hey, you found a vein that works. And I've never seen this happen before. I can watch anybody else's bleed. I got no problem with it. I've seen, I've seen some disturbing things in my time, and I don't talk about it because it's, again, disturbing, and it's not something you really want to brag about. Um, not that it was anything, you know, combat-related, but I imagine soldiers kind of feel the same way when they see a lot of this shit, and I've seen some accidents and things. And I can see that and kind of go with it. Seeing myself bleed, for whatever reason, unnerves me. Don't know why, it's always been the case. Basically when they're taking blood. But I had to watch this thing. Because they finally got the needle in, and she's working it back and forth, trying to get the blood to come out, and it's coming out almost like uh, almost like molasses. Like a gel, almost. Anyway, when you think of blood, hey, it's liquid, it comes you know, out, it fills a little canister. Not this stuff. Uh, it took her almost ten minutes just to get two vials of blood. It was... It was coming out in little gloops. Really unnerving. So the nurse says, oh my, uh, that, wow, you are dehydrated. This is after I've had a full IV bag of saline solution. And I've, I, at this point, I've, I'm very uncomfortable and I've had it. And I'm still running this fever. So I'm giving her the business and Mr. Gwim says nothing because she's just as mad as I am. Well, they come back about an hour later after two bags are now in me. Usually when you get a bag of IV fluid and it goes all the way through, you really got to pee because it just goes right through. It's just water. It's salty water. Saline. Nope, didn't have to pee the whole time I was there. That should tell you something. So the doctor comes in and says, well, you know what? You qualify to be admitted to the hospital and it might not be that bad of an idea. Your lung is in pretty bad shape. My left is the one that had pneumonia. It was just starting in my right. No... <coughs> I don't want to be there at all. I don't like hospitals. I hate them. 
hate them. I have met a person who is prone to anxiety or nervousness, even in the most, even the worst of situations. Hospitals cause me anxiety, makes me nervous. Don't like them. I don't like being there for me. I don't like being there for any other reason. I hate them. So no, of course I'm not staying. <laughs> no. Okay, well, if that's the case, then uh, we recommend you take uh, this, these antibiotics. All right, yeah, you know, go ahead and feed them through the IV. <laughs> no, no, you don't seem to understand. Uh, we're going to give you two bags of antibiotic IVs. We're going to flood your system. Oh, am I that bad? Well, <laughs> yeah, you're getting there. So they gave me, it was an hour for the one bag and it was a half an hour for the other. So an hour and a half I had to wait for two more bags of this now antibiotic. I've never heard of such a thing, but I guess it makes sense. These two bags of IV fluids that have antibiotics in them and they flood my system. And I got to tell you, although the fever hadn't really broke before I left, the headache had, had abated pretty well. And I was feeling a hell of a lot better when I left. Still sick, still coughed my brains up. But, you know, I was able to breathe a little bit. The fever was reduced, if not gone, exactly. But the headache was the big thing. That's just that's just a, an exhausting thing to have to deal with all the time. And I feel sorry for anybody who's got, you know, migraines they get all the time and have to deal with this. Because I mean, of a three-day migraine. Oh, fucking suck, man. So I get home, and this is probably about 4 o'clock in the evening on Saturday. Uh... Mystic Mim gets me in the house, Lulu puts me to bed, and I didn't wake up again until 11 o'clock Sunday morning. <laughs> I was out. And I've been trying, of course, then my son gets it. The prince uh, starts hacking his brains up because uh, he is going to be an asthmatic for as rambunctious and active as he is. So he was, you know, coughing up quite a bit for the next three or four days. He's now feeling better. I am feeling much better. But I don't have my win back. I'm still clearing that out. I'm still pissed. You know what? I should not have left the doctor's office. I know myself well enough to understand when I'm getting bad. When it's gonna, And it's this time of year. Always. Always. But he's a doctor. You know, he went to school for this shit. I thought, alright, well, maybe I'm just overreacting. Maybe I am wrong. Nope. <coughs> nope. <coughs> On the money. The lesson here, folks, is if you think you know what's going on, if you don't believe the doctor, get another opinion. Don't take that, you know, no for an answer. They're not right all the time. They certainly weren't in this case. I will not be going back to that doctor, although I will be going back to that practice. We've been going there for many, 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 many years. They take care of almost everybody in my family. I have great confidence in them, except for this dude. So there you have it. That's how my week has gone. Trying to muddle through work while fighting this thing off. <coughs> but as I will be watching the game tonight, Hawkeye and uh, his stripper girlfriend were here last night uh, for the game. We were all watching it. And that was a lot of fun. He really... I thought I was bad. I thought I run my mouth and I trash talk constantly during games. Nothing like Hawkeye. And he wasn't even drunk. I think he had like two Stellas and that was it. And he was, I'm, 
in baseball, you want to keep up the chatter, especially when you're on the dugout, all right? Because baseball is a, a game of a lot of waiting as a player. Uh, it's kind of a, it's a very methodical, very, you know, paced game. But I tell you what, I wouldn't mind having him in the dugout because he is constantly talking. The chatter is nonstop, and it's great. It was hilarious. So that was fun. I believe he is going downtown tonight. He was able to score some tickets uh, for the watch party. So he will be braving the elements in downtown Cleveland tonight to hopefully ring in yet another championship because he did that uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers back in July. Obviously a little different since the weather is much better. Uh... <laughs> Under 40,000 people have attended the Cleveland Browns game today in a stadium that seats 78, less than 40. Wow, they are. we will have almost as many people in the Indian Stadium for a game that they're watching on television. On television! They're not, it's not, the Indians aren't even there. They're in Chicago. <coughs> I loved doing the watch parties back in 07 because we went during the uh, championship series when the Indians were there. And they were great. We got to see because it's it's first come, first serve. And you basically, you buy, it's like $5 for admission. And you can sit anywhere in the stadium you like. Anywhere. Even the really, 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 really rich seats, which are kind of cool. Or you can pay 20 bucks. you sit in the club seats, and all your food and drink are paid for. So, obviously, it's awesome. And the only place you... If, you, if you're curious how it looks, just Google Progressive Field in Cleveland. And it'll give you a seating chart, and obviously you can look at pictures and images of how it looks inside. In fact, if you do that right now, at the top in the news, it'll say, watch as fans of Progressive Field react to the final three outs of the World Series Game 4. And it's video on cleveland.com. Just to give you an idea, and this is only a, a um, permanent shot, a permanent look at the lower bowl right behind the third uh, base dugout. I'm sorry, first base dugout. You can even sit in the dugout, which is kind of cool. Now, this obviously, the stadium is a giant circle, so you don't see the upper bowls and the other side of the stadium. But trust me, there's 37,000 people in there. And that was Saturday night. That was awesome. Loved it. I'm a baseball guy, man. It would be something else to see the Indians do it. When nobody outside of Northeast Ohio gave them a shot to even make the playoffs, let alone get this far. This is the equivalent to give you an idea for those who don't follow baseball. If you've ever seen the movie The Sandlot or The Bad News Bears, this is the equivalent of them playing against the Chicago Cubs and winning. Benny the Jet Rodriguez is Francisco Lindor at shortstop. Pretty much the same guy. (laughs) (sighs) I do have some articles I'd like to get to that Khalil were able to contribute uh, for her last week here. Um, but da, 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 da. there's a couple of really, some really good ones, and you're not sure where to start. Let's go with this one, because I don't think this is going to happen. Uh, this is from Geek.com, and this is interesting, because I know this was kind of a controversy at the time when they first announced the Xbox One. 
uh, would not be reverse compatible like the 360 had been. Uh, Phil Spencer wants Xbox One to play original Xbox games. The Xbox One has very few advantages over its main rival, the PlayStation 4, but one key area where Microsoft has outdone Sony is backwards compatibility. True, although I have one of the original PlayStation 3s that has the chipset for PlayStations 1 and 2. <clears throat> Slowly but surely, Microsoft has been unlocking the Xbox 360's huge library of games and allowing the original discs to play when inserted into the Xbox One. Now it seems there's a chance that compatibility could jump back another generation and unlock those original Xbox, the original Xbox games you have been gathering dust on your shelf. Although it's not happening yet, Phil Spencer has confirmed on Twitter that it's something he'd very much like to do. Well, there's a lot of things I'd very much like to do. It doesn't mean they're going to happen. We haven't ruled... His Twitter says, We haven't ruled it out, but we aren't working on it right now. I'd like to find the time to do that. So we wrote an article about something that they aren't doing and aren't working on. You know what? I'm sure Sony would like to have fully functioning, you know, uh, realistic VR that teleports you into the game itself, but they're not working on it. I'm sure they want to have the PlayStation 7 out, but they're not working on it. I'm sure they'd like to do Half-Life 3, but they're not working on it. I don't know that any of those, let alone this, requires an article. That's against Geek.com, not Kalilu. She was correct to find this. I just don't understand why they thought it was important. In total, there are 1,045 games released for the original Xbox. That includes 289 exclusive to North America... 96 to Europe and 44 to Japan. When the Xbox 360 was launched, backwards compatibility was touted, but mostly treated as an afterthought. Only a small subset of Xbox games ended up working on the 360, and even then, some of them didn't work well because of artifacts and software problems, etc. Adding original Xbox game compatibility to the Xbox One would help make up for the lack of effort put into the features on the 360. Xbox games have long since disappeared from the used game shelves, though, so it's going to be collectors who appreciate this the most, if it ends up happening. With the Xbox One, Microsoft made the switch to an, uh, an 86 times architecture, and it isn't going to change looking at future hardware releases. Scorpio will be an 86 machine, whether whatever comes after that will probably also be an 86 machine, so this work on backwards compatibility will continue to benefit Microsoft long after the Xbox One has been replaced. Sony would do well to take notice. Except 360 did, at least the, the original ones, did have full backwards compatibility, and then they were trying to do it through emulation. So it did work. Look, a lot of us have, have emulators and ROMs anyways. I, to me, this would be more important if they actually put the article out there and said, this is something we are actively working on. Even if they say we don't have a timetable for release, because then that gives people the idea in mind that, hey, this is coming, it's a possibility, maybe they want to stick with the Xbox One, maybe as we head into the uh, uh, Christmas season, maybe they go ahead and make a purchase, knowing that down the line, they'll be able to play their old games. The Xbox One is, I think Microsoft has pretty much lost this generation, and I think that's been the case for a while, uh, as far as uh, breaking the market share and getting it back in their favor. 
And I think that if they haven't made that pivot already, it's certainly possible they have, to look to gain back that market share with the next Xbox, uh, the next generation. Now, granted, this one hasn't been out too, too long. The PlayStation 4 of them have not been out. Uh, it's been like three years, two, three years. And generally, it's six or seven years for generations for consoles. Now, Nintendo has their new one coming up, but I think they're in a little different situation. The Wii U was a colossal failure. The second half of Wii's uh, lifespan was a colossal failure, as we have documented very well on this show, even as the Wii was getting ready to release, and I called it, it said it would be an epic failure when it was all said and done, and I was right. In fact, here's one now. Uh, And Gadget's got this about the Switch. So, goodbye NX and hello Switch. Switch is the next Nintendo game console. And I gotta tell you, it looks stupid. And I hate the way the controller looks. It does not look like it'd be comfortable at all. It also looks exactly like an Xbox controller. It's been almost a year and a half since Nintendo announced the NX. The NX. And now, the gaming giant has finally dropped the codename in secrecy in favor of something more official. Switch! Like the countless rumors previously asserted... It's indeed a hybrid mobile and home console with a tablet element. (sighs) This again. And detachable controllers. Did we learn nothing about the tablet? The tablet itself, which Nintendo calls the Switch console, is thin and pretty attractive. It looks to have a screen about 7 inches of unspecified resolution. At home, it'll plug into the Switch dock, which in turn plugs it into your television. While out and about, you can either hold it like a Wii U gamepad <clears throat> or use the built-in kickstand to prop it up. In the trailer, a gamer slides what looks like to be a 3DS-style cartridge into the tablet, meaning games are likely to be distributed both digitally and physically. It's powered by an unspecified custom NVIDIA Tegra processor, which is, quote, based on the same architecture as the world's top-performing GeForce graphics gaming cards. Uh, technical one, which I don't care about. The controllers are just as we expected. Nintendo's calling them Joy-Con. Uh, you know what? I understand that we have some translation problems between Japanese and English. But if we're going to go ahead and, and market these things as a different name for English, they really should have somebody there uh, to better translate these things. Nintendo's calling the controller the Joy-Con. They can be attached to a central unit called the Joy-Con Grip to behave like a single game controller, but also slide onto the side of the tablet for a more Wii U-like experience. And, as, as rumored, they can also be used independently like two miniature gamepads. If none of this sounds like your thing, and it doesn't, Nintendo will once again offer a Pro Controller option laid out more traditionally. The trailer shows off lots of multiplayer gaming, either with multiple controllers connected to one system or many Switch consoles connecting together wirelessly. We assume it'll have online play as well. So what will you be able to play on it? As well as the usual first-party suspects, Nintendo says it has the support of many developers, such as Activision, Atlas, Bethesda, Capcom, EA, Epic Games, Konami, Platinum, Square Enix, Take-Two, and Ubisoft. In the trailer, you can see third-party games like The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim, and NBA 2K alongside what looks to be a new Mario and Mario Kart games, and Splatoon. Nintendo's bold future. Splatoon will be an eSport, watched live by tens of thousands of 
people. This kind of goes back to what I said about the Wii U and launching some of these titles, these, these new generation consoles, sporting games that had already been out for years. I don't know that I give a flying fuck that I can play Elder Scrolls Skyrim on the new Nintendo console. If I cared about the game, I would have already played it on any of the other consoles and PC that was offered years ago when the game came out. This is like, hey, you can play Final Fantasy VII on the PlayStation 3. Yeah, I can. It's going to look like shit, but I could. Oh, wait, I've already played it a dozen times on the original Nintendo years ago. Quote, Nintendo Switch allows gamers the freedom to play however they like. It gives game developers new abilities to bring their creative visions to life by opening up the concept of gaming without boundaries. The Switch will be released worldwide in March of 2017. Did we learn nothing with the Wii and the Wii U, with the controllers and the tablet. Developers, by and large, will jump on something like this as long as it is universal. There's a reason why it's easier for them to make a game for the Xbox and the PlayStation 4. It's not that difficult to port one over to the other because they share a lot of the same internal workings. Graphics card, processing, that kind of thing. When you get into this wacky, new age shit, look, did we not see what the Kinect? The fuckers don't even put it in the console anymore. They don't even make games for it that anybody give a damn about. Do any of you play the Kinect? I'm not talking like once a year during your Thanksgiving party when you have everybody over and they want to do bowling or they want to drive a car or pretend to. Do you use the Connect for gaming? You don't. And don't tell me you do. No one does. It's like that stupid the stupid little dildo motion controller that Sony has because they want it to be like the Wii U. No one uses those either. I know you're trying to bring it back for the VR part and maybe that'll have some use, but up until now, it didn't. You don't want to know what the future of gaming is, folks, and you know it, same as I do. It's virtual reality. It's there. On your phone, on the PC, on the PlayStation. It is in its infant stage. The Oculus Rift is coming. But that is it. That is what Nintendo should have tapped into. If they wanted to be visionary and revolutionary, they should have tapped into the virtual reality back when it was still a thing. Pete, when it was starting to, to build. That's what you look at and say, you know what? We're going to build a council around virtual reality. Not as a tack-on like Sony's doing in the rest because it's just kind of coming into its own. When they started working on the NX, they had to have known the Oculus Rift, in other words, were coming down the pipeline. Yes, there was no guarantee, and there still isn't. Kind of like what 3D ended up doing and puttering out in the TV market. There is no guarantee that virtual reality will pan out to be what we hope it will. But look, at this point, Nintendo has literally nothing to lose. They're coming off of two failed consoles... The Wii U especially. If you're going to try and go down this revolutionary track where you can have, first it's a mobile game, now it's a tablet, now you can put it on your, on your TV, and then you can do any one of the three, this is shit we can already do. 
Nintendo should have jumped on the virtual reality wagon and done it that way. An entire console devoted to this would have beat to market both the PlayStation and the uh, Xbox. Those two will have tech-on events. Tech-on hardware and games. Those are not systems built with it in mind that they will have virtual reality. A huge missed opportunity, I think. I'm looking forward to virtual reality, personally. I I don't care about this Nintendo stuff. I don't. If you care that much for the next Zelda game or the next Mario game, then by all means, go ahead. I think you're going to be alone. I don't think this... The Switch, I think, will probably do better than the Wii U, but that doesn't say much. Yes, I'm catching my breath, folks. <laughs> so apparently Candy Crush is getting the uh, live-action game show makeover. Oh, I can't wait. Another one-and-done game show. Look, folks, there are three game shows in the United States that have, have have weathered the test of time. They will be here long after we have been nuked into the Stone Age. Cockroaches will be doing these game shows in place of humanity, but they will still be there. That is Jeopardy, that is Wheel of Fortune, and that is The Price is Right. Everything else has come and gone. From IGN.com, CBS has ordered a one-hour live-action game show based on the mobile game Candy Crush Saga. Candy Crush creator King is partnering with CBS and Lionsgate Lionsgate, to produce the show developed by Matt Kunitz of The Real World and Fear Factor. (laughs) The game show will task teams of two with competing on enormous interactive game boards. No further details have been given out about the show's challenges or a date for the uh, launch of the show. Quote, as a Candy Crush Saga player myself, I'm excited to amp up the action and visuals in our huge Candy Crush arena, CBS President Glenn Geller said in a statement accompanying the announcement. Earlier this year, Activision Blizzard successfully acquired King for $6 billion. There you go, folks. Ratchet up your hate. That's right, I forgot. Blizzard owns this fuck. Candy Crush will be produced by Pulse Creative in association with Lionsgate Television. Uh, blah, 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 blah. A bunch of stuff people don't know about, don't care about, who's doing what, what officer, what creator in the network. Lionsgate has begun working on several other game-related projects recently, including the announcement of a Borderlands movie and an... That's the kiss of death. And an investment in Telltale Games to allow, quote the two companies to explore opportunities to co-develop existing and original intellectual property into episodic games and television. (sighs) 
I like this. Do contestants have to use their own money to advance? <laughs> For $5,000, you can advance to the next round. Or $25,000 to win the game right now and take home the $10,000 grand prize. Prize is not actually revealed in the press release, just making up the... <laughs> I guess setting your uh, the date of your phone back won't help you with this one to get more lives. <laughs> Would you watch it? Would you think about it? If they put out a Candy Crush live action game show, would you watch it? I think a lot of us would tune in for the first half hour to see what it is. I'd be interested to see what happens. <laughs> Candy Crush. <laughs> I, I don't. I, whatever. I'd rather see a Clash of Clans game if you're gonna have anything. Two groups of warring Nor- Norwegians or Scandinavians fighting it out. Trying to assault each other's cities. Actually, it sounds more like a Japanese game show than anything else. Candy Crush. Remember when those bastards sued everybody else for using the name Saga? They tried to trademark the, the word Saga? Get the hell out of here. Bad enough that your entire game's a rip off everybody else's. It's like when Games Workshop tried trademarking the name Space Marine. Look. I'm a big Warhammer 40k guy. Huge. Alright? People had space brains in, in pulp fiction, uh, science fiction novels, and dime novels since the 20s. Sorry, you have no standing. And I can see why I was tossed out. Alright, let's do one more. we got to get out of here. From... Uh, okay, I have heard about this. I was curious if there's been any movement. Ars Technica has it. Video game voice actors prepare to go on strike. Okay, I'm going to stop right here. I have played more games with bad voice acting than with good. I would not miss it if voice actors weren't in games or if they got regular schmoes like myself. Wouldn't you like to hear my melodious bass voice Doing all the the voice acting for the next Call of Duty. Think about it. <laughs> I don't charge that much. I, let him go on strike. Fuck him. SAG, of course, Screen Actors Guild. After looking for royalty payments on top-selling games. Look, voice actors in anime don't get this shit. They get paid an amount. Per hour, period. You go in, you record your lines, and you're done. However long it takes, that's how much you get paid. You don't get paid more if Naruto ends up being a smash hit. You don't get paid more if, you know, friggin' Pokemon becomes a smash hit. You don't. What you do is you trade on the fact that everybody recognizes your voice and likes the character that you did in order to get yourself more work. Some major video game publishers might have trouble finding top talent to voice their games starting Friday, October 21st, which has already happened, obviously, 10 days ago. That's when SAG-AFTRA, 
AFTRA, an actors' union boasting 150,000 active members across film, television, radio, and games, is set to begin a strike targeting some of the biggest companies in the gaming industry. The strike threat comes after a year uh, that SAG after first publicly discussed a proposed strike following the 2014 expiration of a contract, including EA Games, Activision, Disney, Take-Two, Insomniac, and Warner Brothers. Their union is seeking royalty payments for actors in games that sell at least 2 million copies, as well as stunt pay for vocally stressful recording sessions, among other demands. If those demands aren't met... Sorry, my voice is really starting to go. <laughs> All this strenuous, vocally, you know, broadcast in 48 minutes. I suppose if I was recording, I would simply wait till I didn't have pneumonia anymore. If the demands are not met, union members will be barred from all voice, motion capture, and background work on games with 11 affected companies in total. The strike action has overwhelming approval last year by more than 96% of the voting union members. Of course they are. They're going to strike to get more money. Of course they're going to support that. Really, I mean, a little uh, unless they're using a very, very well-known Hollywood actor to voice it, would you know, would you be able to tell the difference if they used a scab voice actor? Some guy off the street who had a good voice? Could you tell? I probably couldn't. Would you care? If they had to take voice acting out of video games, would that prevent you from buying those games? Would you not play the next Battlefield or the next Call of Duty or the next Sky, uh, Elder Scrolls? Probably not. You probably wouldn't care. I wouldn't. Quote, the video game employers we are striking continue to operate under the terms of an agreement structured more than 20 years ago for an industry that was only beginning to utilize professional performances. Since then, games have evolved to provide increasingly immersive and cinematic experiences that compete with television and the actual motion pictures for consumer dollars. It is time for this now mature industry to pay and treat professional performers according to the standards and precedents that our union has established and defended for generations. You know what? I guess it's a little different for an actor. Okay? An actor I can see, and they have to put their entire body of work themselves on camera into the role for me to buy into it. Some of the most emotional games that are the the games that gave me an emotional response had no voice acting of any kind. It was simple text. If they believe they are entitled to more money, that's fine. If they have a pay raise coming, that's fine. Being granted royalties to these games is a disgrace. They're in the recording studio for a very small amount of time versus the people that are doing the rendering and doing the art creation and the paperwork or the uh, uh, the uh, storyboarding and you know the design of the game and the writing of it from the ground up, the coding of it, everything. They show up when the product is done or they just go in there is they simply read off the lines 
I understand. I've done some voice acting. Nothing that you've ever heard of or care about, or ever even some of them didn't even make it to publish publication. Yes, there is some work to go and get involved. Not much. Not compared to what these other people are putting into. I think that's that is that is the epitome of balls to demand to have royalties because you did voice acting for a character in a game. You know what? I'm not buying a game because Nathan Fillion voice acted in it. I'm not. It's kind of cool that he got, you know, Baldwin and friggin' Alatudi to help him. Cool. That's great. It's a nice Firefly throwback. I'm not buying the game or not buying it because he's not in it. I'm not. I'm going to buy the game if it's fun to play. If I'm looking forward to it. I don't care. People change actors in movies and voice actors all the time for the same characters. And we just have to live with it. How many different Batmans have there been? How many different Spider-Mans? How many different Supermans? Well, we keep going. Get Scab. Hell, I'll work for scale. What the fuck? Why not? I got microphones. I got a recording uh, program. Let's do it. Money, money, money. Everybody wants to get their hands on it, I suppose. In general, and at school, I think Chee Cool's out here. <laughs> In general, I'm anti-union. I have been. I have been all my life. I think they have long since I lived their usefulness. I think the unions are more interested in their own self-preservation for the sake of self-preserving the union itself more so than actually working on behalf of their members. There's a lot more politics involved that I'm not going to go into because that's not the kind of show we're doing today. I've also avoided the whole email scandal for Clinton as the FBI has now reopened the investigation, uh, having found thousands and tens of thousands of new emails uh, into the original investigation. I'm not going to go into it right now. I'm going to do it when I've got, when I'm more rested, when I've got more air in my lungs, when I've got someone here to talk about it with. (sighs) (coughs) All right. Unfortunately, folks, that's about all I can do. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank one last time our show contributor and IRC rep, Kalilu. Uh, this was her last show, uh, sending in the articles and kind of steering the way that the, the uh, shows would go in the uh, discussion. Again, Kalilu, thank you very much for everything you've done for the show. We appreciate it. I want to thank uh, No Wise from Alpha Geek Radio for hosting us. Uh, please look at alphageekradio.com if you'd like to consider doing a pod or video cast yourself. Uh, I want to thank Scrub Puppy for keeping up with the Facebook page and keeping guys entertained with his various findings and postings. Uh, Octail will be back in a few weeks with You've Been Told. He and the missus are in the process of moving houses. Uh, so he will be out of the recording studio for the next few weeks. We expect to see him back uh, here hopefully shortly. But hey, we all move houses and move places when we live. That's a lot of stress and a lot to pay attention to. So... Understood. Take time, Octave. All right, well, we'll start doing live shows again November 6th, uh, unless I end up dead or otherwise occupied. But uh, we won't be celebrating any Browns games anytime soon, so we don't have to worry about them in the playoffs in the foreseeable future. 
Other than uh, the upcoming holidays, folks, we should have no more breaks on Sundays. We should be back to our normal schedule. Uh, who we're going to have here uh, among the panel, I'm not entirely sure. As everybody's schedule is kind of in flux, but we're trying to get that nailed down. All right, folks, uh, for our patrons, join us on Patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. For patrons, I will have something up for you later this week. Uh, it's half done. I've got to finish the other half. Kind of it, too, is I'm waiting to see how the World Series ended, because that's kind of a big deal. And I'm going to break down a little more in depth. So I know I kind of gave you the reasons why, you know, Cleveland's kind of this huge underdog. There's more to it than that, and there's some matchups I want to get to. Uh, college football is trying to shake out as we are a week away from the college football rankings for the playoffs. Now, that's not set in stone. They can change week to week. But up until now, only the Associated Press has put out a top 25 ranking. Only the top four get into the playoffs. So we'll break down that and more on the next sports show that I'm releasing for the patrons, which everybody really seemed to like. If you want access to all this extra content that we have available, hours and hours of this stuff, donate to the show. You can donate as little as a dollar and have access to a good portion of it. Obviously, the more you donate, the more you have available to you. All right, folks. Uh, follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Emperor's Court for both. Obviously, the patron. Don't forget. Patreon.com. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If it was not for you, we would not be doing this. I will see you next Sunday, November the 6th, for our next live show. Sunday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern at AlfGeekRadio.com. All right, folks. Bad manners are better than no manners at all. Go Tribe. So long, everybody. Good. It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was-